Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman tomorrow. There's an auction for equipment and government fleet vehicles, including SUVs, pickups, sedans, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casinos up in Blackhawk. They always have great promotions. Right now, they're giving away Mustang RTR or nearly $28,000 in cash the weekend of March 8th. And, yep, you get your choice while you're up there. Uh, check out their great sports book. Really great menu, 99-cent menu, and really loose slots. They cannot say that. I can. Head on up there. Sasquatch and Wildcard, a family-owned casino that treats you like family. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smokin' Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. I am not suggesting that Vegas is always right, but they're always kind of near their prediction. When I saw the odds for the Broncos to win the Super Bowl out of Vegas, and it's pretty consistent with all the sports books, it was honestly jaw-dropping to me. They are 1,000 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. This is the pool they are swimming in. They are swimming in the same pool with the Steelers, Patriots, Titans, Giants, and Panthers. Those teams did not win a lot of games last year, and that's what they are predicting with the Broncos this year. Put in perspective, Russell Wilson's first season, Broncos' odds were roughly 200 to 1. Last year, they were roughly 375 to 1. Now they are 1,000 to 1. Do you think if Russell Wilson was coming back, which I don't think he is, do you think those odds would be better than a thousand to one? Yeah, I think that they would be better. How but much? Better? I don't think appreciably better, though. Right? Seven fifty to one. Yeah, something like that. That they'd be well, better. That's twenty five percent better. Okay. Well, well, yeah. All right. Yeah. If my math is correct. Yeah. And and they might even be better if um, if there was a feeling of hunky dory between Peyton and. Wilson, but that was gone, you know, by the end of the season. There was, even if Sean is describing the relationship as great, you know, he has a great relationship with with Russ. It clearly wasn't great from a standpoint of head coach and quarterback. Not enough that, uh, that, that he finished out the season. So, no, what we have here now is a fairly accurate, ref- accurate reflection of, of the rudderless situation that the Broncos are right now. They don't have a quarterback. What, if anything, can move the needle to 800 to 1, 750 to 1? Is there anything you can think of that can honestly move the needle, whether it's in the draft or whether it's in free agency? Certainly not in the draft because Sean Payton is not going to find his starting quarterback in the draft. This year. Yeah. This upcoming year. Yeah, it's not going to happen this year. So you are looking at a very familiar group of suspects uh, beyond that. You're looking at Darnold, Winston, Garoppolo. How much do they move the from 1,000 to 1? They probably move the, the arrow forward slightly, 
but not up to the point where you would even do a double take. Come on. This is where this is where the Broncos are right now of you can make the argument their own doing. They they're going to be in salary cap hell one way or the other for the next year to two years. Period. That's a challenge. It's this is far reaching kind of stuff. So you got to figure out a way to live with it. Can they be a team that wins seven, eight games? That's probably their high. That's probably their high point, I would guess. So what do you think their over-under is going to be? Uh, if they're a thousand to one in Vegas, what do you think that over-under is? Probably looks like? five and a half. Don't you think? Five but, and a half. Between five and as you said in the first hour, between five and a half and six and a half. That's where I would I think it would probably land on six. That's where I would be. And you're taking the over, uh, uh, right? That means uh, uh, the, that I mean, means uh, uh, they'll be worse, or Vegas believes they will be. What was the over under last year? Seven and a half. Yeah, I think so. And what did they finish with? Eight. Yeah. Vegas is usually right yeah, on about this yeah, stuff. They are. I don't know where the hell they get their information, but it's generally right. It is, isn't mm, it? It's a pretty good place to follow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I. I mean. What reasonable person right now thinks the Broncos can be better next year? I mean, seriously. So I want someone today, at this moment, with things the way that they are, to make an argument for nine wins for this football team. How? You just can't. You, you, you can't. You, and you may not be able to make that argument after they get their quarterbacking situation figured out. Are, are you telling me right now that you'd roll with Jarrett Stidham and pick them to win nine games right now? I don't even need to see who they're playing. ESPN did their way too early power rankings. Mm-hmm. Jeff Legwald always writes for the Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos are 23rd in those power rankings, so they are higher in the power rankings than what Vegas believes about the Broncos. This is what Leggy wrote. The Broncos went all in on Russell Wilson two years ago by trading five draft picks, three starters, and awarding Wilson a nine-digit contract. But now they seem poised to say goodbye if they release Wilson in the coming weeks, as most would expect. But they don't have many draft picks in April, just six, and the cap will be a challenge. And This is my favorite line. Denver says it has a plan, but it will have to be a good one. And I don't know what a good one is. I don't I don't even know what it looks like at this point. Because you don't have draft capital. You are even before Russ's situation, you were on the bad side of the cap anyway. I mean, you've got some real challenges. And just a a, a casual we have a plan in place isn't enough for me to say, oh good. Here's a question for you. I don't want to look too far out. But if next year is not going to be any better than this year, and I don't think it will, if they don't take either Penix or Nix or McCarthy, and I don't know if they will, what makes you think 2025 is going to be any oh, better? Oh, no, I, I'm with you. Dude, I'm I'm trying to get through next year. And I think that I think the next two years are going, next year is going to be challenging 
on a very uncomfortable level, in my opinion. So if twenty, so if they don't have a young quarterback or catch lightning in a bottle with a Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. right? And it's not any better in twenty twenty five. What happens to Sean Payton going into year four? It's a very real question. And is there a year four? I said early on, not when he, Payton was hired, but about midway through the season, I think Sean Payton's on a three-year deal, even though it's a five-year deal, because next year's not going to be any better. And 2025, if they don't have a young quarterback, what makes you think it's going to be any better? Here's what I would hope. You better hope that Sean Payton has an immovable plan in his own mind in place. Because if he doesn't, and you do get to that point, and and there isn't a path that is well-defined, then you're dealing with getting out from underneath Sean Payton's plan that never worked. And who knows what the salary cap situation looks like then. He did not leave New Orleans in very good shape. With the salary cap, I, I mean that's that's a matter of fact. So you better hope that the plan that Sean is putting in place, because what he's been giving the keys to the kingdom, right? Yep. Sean has this is all on Sean Payton now. So we better hope in Broncos country that the plan makes some sense and it's sustainable. Because if you get two years down the road and they're no better than where they are now. Then you're talking about someone else coming in and trying to get out from underneath the plan that Sean Payton had that didn't work. Well, this is not a direct parallel, okay? It's not a direct parallel. You do me a favor and look up the Washington Commanders record in 2009. Mm -hmm. Because I think we might be able to draw some parallels here, okay? And the parallel to me is Mike Shanahan. Now, granted, the win-loss total, at least for the first season, has been better under Sean Payton. But when Mike Shanahan took over, we have that record? Four and 12. Perfect. That fits into my narrative in some ways. When Shanahan took over, the commanders were four and 12. First season for Shanahan, six and 10. Mm -hmm. A two-game improvement. Progress. Two-game improvement. Right. For the Broncos, under Peyton, a three-game improvement. Second year, they were worse. They were 5-11. and 11. We expect them to not be as good record-wise as they were this past season. But then in the third year under Shanahan, they made the playoffs yeah. with a 10-6 and six record. And then his final year was 3-13. and 13. Yeah. Mike Shanahan will eventually get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But going to Washington did not help him. No. It hurt him. You can certainly make the case. And I'm seeing some similarities potentially Mm. looking beyond the horizon line. Same thing with Sean Payton. Yeah. Two really smart, well-accomplished, successful head coaches. The difference is this, though. Shanahan has a coaching tree. And you can make a very strong case. The history of the NFL cannot be written without Mike Shanahan. And I'm not talking about two Super Bowl Mm -hmm. wins. I'm talking about Kyle Shanahan. I'm talking about Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel. The history of the NFL cannot be written without 
that Washington Commanders, then the Redskins coaching staff, and now you see all these guys in the NFL. Sean Payton has Dan Campbell, and that's it. Shanahan won two titles, and Payton won one. This is the direction they're going, and I'm not saying it's not a good direction. You, wait, you're not? I'm not. Well, I'm not saying. I, I mean, I, I need. They are in a tenuous situation right now, whether they have a plan or not. And you know what? Uh, until it fails or succeeds, I'll wait. And because I don't, I can't foresee how it's going to go. But I'm very cautious about where they are at this point. Coming up after the break, one team that is definitely not playing right now, well right now, the Colorado Avalanche. Their road trip has been just awful. They had to have a team meeting. Do you expect a major turnaround tonight against Washington? And if there isn't one, are you going to start to question how valuable was that team meeting? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman, Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, there's an auction for equipment and government fleet vehicles, including SUVs, pickups, sedans, a Hummer H3, and over 60 transit buses. What can you do with that? You can turn it into an RV. Auction is open right now at rollerauction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Paramount Siding and Windows. Paramount Siding and Windows, it's quality in everything they do. Find them at ParamountSidingAndWindows.com. Well, this has been a bad roadie, a bad road trip for the uh, Avalanche. They've lost four straight, haven't looked good in most of those games, an embarrassing loss to the Florida Panthers, 4 nothing. I understand Florida's a really good team, but still, they got shut out. There was a players-only meeting after the game. Kale McCarr said following the loss, I've never really had this in my five years here. you got to be ready to go. 
That's our jobs. It's professional hockey. So if you're not ready, you are doing something wrong. With that, no one on the team, specifically Bednar, questioned the player's effort or work ethic following that loss. So what do you think McCarr means by not being ready to go? I think that there are, I don't think any of this has to do with the tried and the true, the guys that we understand. They all, they've been guys that have rings on their fingers that have been a part of the success. Know what it takes. They know exactly what it takes because they've lived it. They've lived it. So anytime that you get these kind of broad brush uh, challenges, it's at the the guys that are relatively new to the process and guys that don't have championship medal or at least don't have championship medal in the way that the Avalanche uh, have done it. This is a good hockey team. This can be a very good or even a great, well, it's, it can be a very good hockey team. I'll stop short of great uh, because there has been a level of inconsistency that has been somewhat concerning I'm not going to worry about throwing the the baby out with the bathwater in February because this thing is an April kind of thing that we're starting, that we want to be, make sure that this team is ready to play well in the month of April. But um, I expect them to play better tonight. Yeah. they're First of all, they're playing a team that they should be able to beat home or away. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Miles Wood played really well from February 2nd through the, excuse me, January. He played well in January. Yeah. Played well in January. And people said, wow, this guy's starting to pick it up. Two goals, five assists, and, you know, something like seven or eight games. Yeah. Something like that, right? Okay, this guy's making the right turn in the right direction. Before that, in the month of December, he had two goals and one assist yeah. for the entire month. But then, hey, Miles Woods picking it up. What has he done during this four-game win- losing streak? Nada. Nothing. No goals, no assists, and a minus four. Mm-hmm. Okay? That is a second-line guy. What has happened to him? Right? What has happened to this guy? So he had a really good January. But what has happened since? Inconsistency, and that is a second-line guy. Ross Colton, people are saying, man, this guy's really picking it up. In January, two goals, seven assists, playing on the second line, picking it up. He's been worse than Wood. Yeah. No goals, no assists, minus five. This is your second line. This is your second line. And here might be the most damning criticism, Jared Bednar on Ryan Johansson. They brought him in thinking he was going to be the second-line center, hoping to catch lightning in a bottle with what he did a couple of years ago. Bednar said this on Johansson. The consistency in his game and the hunger in his game has to be there in order for his tools and skills to show up. Wow. Yeah, that's a direct that hunger line is a direct effort line. Yep. Like, hey, you've got to put forth the effort. You are too old to just be showing up, yes. thinking that you are going to do what you did earlier on in your career. Mm-hmm. 
you got to work a little bit harder against these younger guys. And he started off the season pretty well. Yes, he did. And since then, his ice time has gone down. Mm -hmm. His production has gone down. He's an older guy. He has to work harder than everybody else, just like anybody who is older. You need to take care of your body better. You need to work harder in practice. You need to skate a little bit harder. You need to fight for pucks. It's not going to happen like it did when you were younger, when you were faster. If you can get out of this six-game stretch with five points, because you got one in New York, if you can get two tonight and then two on Thursday in Tampa, you can save it a little, at least. But more than anything, I just want to see a team that plays well. They haven't played well for three games. Uh, In fact, they've not even been in. They haven't been competitive in those three games, really. Not even in a position to win. You at least expect this team to be, even under difficult circumstances, extended road trip, playing really in really good buildings against good teams. You expect them at least to be in a position to win a hockey game. Well, they haven't even been in a position to do that for their last three games. So, yeah, you you hope that you hope the worm turns a little bit because if you can get a little bit of something out of these next two games, you're going into a stretch where you're going to be playing a lot of home games, and this is an awfully good team at home. When, so, they, when they won the Stanley Cup, Darcy Kemper was more than pretty good. Yep. Okay? Yep. And they can survive more than pretty good because they had so much offense and they had four lines. You can't have a goaltender, and I understand you have a defense in front of them that mm-hmm. gives up the puck at times and makes mistakes, but you cannot have a goaltender in the last two games, giving up four goals a game. You're right. You just can't. No. You need someone to bail you out, and Georgiev has not been that guy pretty much all season. I know he has all-star on his roster. He has all-star on his roster because he won a lot of games. Not because his save percentage was any good. Not because his goals against average was pretty good. Neither of those were top 20 in the league, or even top 25 in the league, when he was selected as an all-star. I know enough to know that this isn't happening. He's been fine for, for stretches this season, but can he go win you a game? And, and I always, the, every once in a while he can, and, and, and that's not good. And enough. that's not good enough. No, you got to have more than that. When, from you, a, when your save percentage for the season is under 90%, that, is awful for an NHL goaltender. Yeah. That's gonna be better than that, that. that. That's not bad. Yeah, that's insulting. Bad. Yeah, you've got to be able to win a, a few games, and I and I just don't think that we have seen that from this guy. I, plain and simple. So um, I don't think their goal. I don't think their goaltending is as good as it was uh, two years ago, because. Uh, Francois was so good as a backup. I just don't think that they have quite the same answers there, and I don't think they're quite as stingy on the blue line as they were two years ago. So, how many teams are there in hockey again? Thirty-two, isn't it? Thirty. Thirty-two now. Thirty-two. Yeah. Okay. Thirty-two. Georgiev's save percentage this season is fortieth. Now think about that for mm-hmm. a second. Yeah. There are how many teams? 
32. And his goals against average this season is 34th. How many teams are there again? 32. Coming up after the break, Brandon Marshall has played with 17 quarterbacks. You're probably familiar with one of them for sure in Denver. He said this guy is the worst quarterback he has ever played with. And yes, it's the guy that you know. But why? Is Jay Cutler the worst quarterback that Brandon Marshall has ever played with? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Yeah. 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 This was such a big... Good tune. Song in college. What a good tune. Great fraternity party Makes you song. move. Makes, let's see you move. No. No, you're too old. Bones yeah. are too brittle. Oh, my God. Are you kidding you're me? You're afraid you might snap something? No cartilage left anywhere. Really? Oh, my God. Not my shoulder. Why? Pitching? No. Just throwing rocks at kids to get off your lawn? No, just breaking shoulder. How'd you break your shoulder? I've done it playing rugby and playing football. Both. Rugby? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Tough guy. No, not necessarily. Just I, that's what I enjoyed doing. But broken clavicle, AC separation, not good. No. And no. If, when you use the word break in anything, yes, there's no positive connotation. Mm-hmm. I had two different surgeries with screws holding down my shoulder in place. Your screws are loose. They were. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us MileHighSports.com. Reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, there's an auction for equipment and government fleet vehicles, including SUVs, pickups, sedans, a Hummer H3, and more. Auction is open at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com. Backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Roller Auctions. Get what you want at the price you want. Go to RollerAuction.com slash MHS, and they'll send you notifications on their latest auctions. Okay, uh, former Broncos wide receiver Brandon Marshall played with 17 quarterbacks, always an outspoken guy. Uh, Really had some harsh words about Jay Cutler, who he played with, of course, here in Denver and then the Chicago Bears. This is what Marshall said about Cutler, who was a six-time Pro Bowler, the worst quarterback that I played with. And listen, just understand there was so much potential Jay Cutler should have won a Super Bowl. Jay Cutler had everything that it took to be one of the most legendary quarterbacks. And so I would say Jay Cutler because he didn't reach half of his potential. Wow. I was here in Denver. You watched from the outside looking in. When you watched Jay Cutler, would you agree with what Brandon Marshall said? You watched enough of yeah, him. Yeah, I thought Jay Cutler was always a guy that had tantalizing ability, strong arm, obviously was a very bright guy coming out of a program at Vanderbilt. 
where it's tough to have success, but he had it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I could see that ways to win with Jay Cutler and the bears did win with Jay Cutler. So, but I mean, he never realized what was, I think, fairly obvious potential. I, I did, it didn't take someone like Brandon Marshall to, to point out his lack of, uh, of reaching his potential. Anyone could watch him from afar and see that. This has been said many times, and it is not an original thought. Don't get too excited about measurables. Because mm-hmm. Jay Cutler had that in spades, specifically with a cannon for an arm. The problem for the Broncos was in that draft in which he was drafted in 2006, the top three quarterbacks in no particular order, although in order in which they were drafted, Mm -hmm. Vince Young, Matt Leinart, Jay Cutler. It was my understanding that Mike Shanahan wanted Matt Leinart. Vince Young and Matt Leinart flamed out because they were happier being NFL players than actually playing the position mm-hmm. and taking playing NFL quarterback seriously. The Broncos, my understanding from somebody who was in the room, never talked to Jay Cutler before he was drafted. And the reason was they didn't want anyone to know they were interested. They were hoping that with all the mock drafts out there, that no one would connect Jay Cutler to the Denver Broncos. And they got that part of it correct. No one really assumed the Broncos were interested in Jay Cutler, and that was by design. And he had all the measurables. What they didn't know was enough about him sitting down face-to-face talking to him. He had all the talent to be an unbelievable NFL quarterback. But I don't know if he took the game seriously enough, and he certainly was not well-liked by many of his teammates. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously not a leader of men. No. I mean, obviously. And you've got to have that out of your quarterback in some shape or fashion. If we could turn back the clock today, Jay Cutler is a free agent right now. Mm. Are you taking him over Garoppolo, Winston, Tannehill, so on and so forth? Well, knowing what I know now about him and his lack of leadership skills, probably not. I mean, even if you're, although the guy threw so many interceptions, he threw 160 interceptions in his career. Because he was a guy who felt my arm will overcome everything. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's what he didn't understand. I can throw it in places where others can't. And he could, but I can throw it in triple coverage. And that's where he was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I can throw it into double coverage. No, you can't. Most guys can't. I don't care how good you are, how accurate you are, how strong your arm is. The numbers suggest you're not going to win a 50-50 battle on that. I think it's interesting that Brandon Marshall uh, verbalizes it in the way that he did. He didn't say he's a bad quarterback. No, no. He He said he didn't reach his potential. Not even half of it. And you can make the case, arguably, about Brandon Marshall. He was an unbelievable wide receiver. Yes. He would bulldoze people. Mm-hmm. He was one of the most physically tough wide receivers to ever put on a Broncos uniform. Yeah. And yes, I'm including Rod Smith in that. And Rod Smith is the greatest Broncos wide receiver 
of all time because of all the intangibles that go with being an NFL player. He would outwork everybody. He would study the game. In terms of pure talent, the best wide receivers, in my opinion, in Broncos history are Brandon Marshall and Demarius Thomas. Mm. I would like to include Jerry Judy on the list because in terms of pure physical ability, speed, route running, all that, you can make the case for Jerry Judy, but he's proven nothing. Yes. Demarius is probably on top of the list, and he was a load to bring down. Mm -hmm. Demarius was a load to bring down. Bringing down Brandon Marshall, you needed tacklers, plural, Mm -hmm. to bring. He would literally run you over. He ran angry. Demarius did not run angry. If Demarius had Brandon Marshall's mentality, and I'm not talking about the emotional issues that Brandon Marshall has put out there, that would be unbelievable. Yeah. If you would take Rod Smith's head and put it on Demarius's shoulders, that would be a Hall of Fame wide receiver. I was really pleased that I got some time with Demarius at, uh, you know, early on in my career here in Denver because he was such an interesting guy to chat with. He was a really, really good guy, and I'll tell a quick story, and then we got to hit a break. Right. This was during the Super Bowl season. He was dropping a lot of passes. And I pulled him aside, and I said, Demarius, why do you think you're dropping so many passes? Ever tell you this story? No. And he said to me, because I cannot get it out of my head. I can't remember if it was his grandmother or mother. So I'm going to mix that up. I think it was his grandmother that got out of prison first. And he said to me, I can't get it out of my head that my grandmother is not watching me from prison anymore. Hmm. And that to me was so profound, so deep, something that I just cannot relate to that nobody can relate to. No. And it was in his head when he played. Well, it was such an immediately identifiable reason. And I think that it was his grandmother got out of prison first. If it was his mother, then he said his mother. But either way, that was in his head. For a Powerful stuff. For a Rod Smith, that would not have been in his head. Now, granted, Rod never had to deal with that. For Brandon Marshall, I don't know if that would have been in his head either. But for Demarius, it was. And my level of empathy for him was like a rocket ship Mm. into the stratosphere. Yeah. But nobody truly understood that. What people would say about Demarius is, well, he's weak mentally. Well, you can say that if you want to, but you've never had to live that. So you can't, do not form an opinion about something that you've never experienced and hopefully you will never experience. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? Super Bowl 58 set a new viewership record for for most-watched telecast in American history. And out of the Timberwolves, Thunder, and Clippers, which team presents the biggest challenge to the Nuggets? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports.
Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, tomorrow there's an auction for equipment and government fleet vehicles, including SUVs, pickups, sedans, a Hummer H3, and over 60 transit buses that you can transform into a roomy HV for you and your family to go on a big road trip this summer. Auction is open right now at rollerauction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions. They have lots of them. Some that we don't even talk about on the show. See what they have coming up. Rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now. For what's trending. Not what's trending. The final word. The final word. There you go. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. (laughs) Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan. With Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. All righty, guys. Just in case you missed it, Super Bowl 58 set a new viewership record for most watched telecast in American history, averaging more than 123 million, uh, 123 million viewers. CBS accounted for 120 million of those viewers alone, which made it the largest audience in history for a single network. And then more than 200 million viewers watched at least part of the game on either CBS, Paramount+, Plus, Nickelodeon, or Univision. Uh, what do you think about the average audience increasing from 115.1 million last year to 123.4 million this year. Well, it's a remarkable growth for a league that does it better than any league that I know of anywhere on the face of the earth. And, you know, maybe Taylor Swift helped out a little bit anyway. Who knows? She absolutely did. I don't think there's, I mean, when you're talking about bringing younger people to uh, to the sport, what the heck, right? Yes. I remember hearing people say and reading people who wrote, man, the Chiefs and the 49ers were so sick of these teams, specifically the Chiefs. And I think I said on the show, that's the best matchup period. I understand Detroit getting in. There wouldn't have been much of the needle moving, even with Lamar Jackson. These were the two sexiest teams. Without question. No no doubt about it. Even though Detroit was a great story. Yeah. Right. All right, just in case you missed it, uh, last night in a battle of two of the top teams in the Western Conference, the Timberwolves took it to the Clippers in L.A., running away with a 121-100 victory. Minnesota is the current number one seed. However, the Clippers are still 27-7 since December 1st. Out of the Timberwolves, Thunder, and Clippers, which team scares you the most? The Timberwolves, by far, because they're so good defensively. But they need to be better offensively. Number one defensive team in the NBA this year. Right. That that's why I put a forty dollar bet on them to go to the NBA finals. Nice. A forty dollar bet on eight to one odds. I, I hope it's the Nuggets, but I'm hedging my bets. Minis I mean, what was the final score of that game? One twenty one, one hundred. To a one hundred. Beat them by twenty one. Well, on the it, road. But, it, but it's yeah. not so much that they scored one twenty one. They kept Harden and George. And, and Leonard. Kawhi Leonard yep. to 100 points. But they need to be better offensively. We know how good they are defensively. 
All right, with the NFL season coming to a close, it was certainly an interesting year. Uh, did you have a favorite moment or a storyline from the NFL season that really stuck out to you? Joe Flacco was a great story. Yeah. Baker Mayfield was a really good story down in Tampa. And the story of stories is, is the love affair. <laughs> Come on. I wasn't going to go you there. Know, you know it. The, the story of stories <laughs> to me was people thought the Chiefs were done because of the way they played the regular season. They were so up and down. Sure. And as it turns out, they won the Super Bowl again. Locally here, the best story to me was I think Christian McCaffrey is still scoring all those touchdowns. Yeah. Like 25. Unbelievable season. Yes. Just incredible. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, they always have great specials on wine. Right now, all domestic wines are 15% off. If you want to order online, you can. They deliver to the entire Denver metro area. You can order on their app as well. And don't forget to check them out off of Colfax. Uh, That is going to do it for us. We'll see if the Avalanche could bounce back after having that players-only meeting. We'll Mm. see how they come out. Come on now. Let's go. Let's skate with some purpose tonight, right? Yes. Okay. Gordon, Alex, great job as always. Same with you, Bruce. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make the best possible day you can. Oh, baby, baby, it's a wild world. I'll always remember you like a child girl. You know I've seen a lot of what the world can.